It's time. John Gruden's our guest, head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. JT the Brick, great talking to you. Hope you're well, man. It's time. Well, you know how we want to play, JT. You know me probably better than anybody out there. It's time for the JT the Brick Show. We're going to play old school football. JT the Brick on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Can't wait to play in that stadium and get this party started. You got no idea. Here's your host, JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you on one of the busiest shows, I think, on paper. We'll try to knock out for you today. Brought to you by Golden Entertainment. They own PT, Sean Patrick, Sierra Gold, the SG Bar. They own the Stratosphere. Arizona Charlie's, you know when it's happy hour, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. Head on out to the 60-plus taverns in Las Vegas. PTs, they fuel the monologue. Some days just hit easier than others. Just found out from the Golden Knights we'll have Alex Tuck on. In the first hour, he scored last night in what was one of the most entertaining. I've been saying this a lot with the Golden Knights. Every time they play, since they've been an inaugural expansion team, some of these victories are mind-blowing to me. They were down 4-2 in the third period. They won 5-4 in overtime. It was a landmark victory for that team against the Wild. Alex Tuck will join us coming up. And then the owner of the Golden Knights, Bill Foley. At 1245, which I'm thrilled to talk to Mr. Foley because of what I think his vision is when it comes to COVID-19 and sports. That's why I wanted to get him on. We could talk Golden Knights with him, but I really want to do a deep dive on what happened last night with the fans going into T-Mobile and how the world can pick that up and assess what happened there. And hopefully the Golden Knights, who are at the forefront of, hey, you got to go in through this exit. You go in through this entrance. we got to do this right. And Bill Foley cares about this as much as any owner that I watch in sports that is in season. I know Mark Davis and his team are doing the same thing at Allegiant Stadium, but we get a chance to talk to Bill Foley here in about 40 minutes. Really looking forward to that. Just got a text from Joe Theismann, the former MVP Super Bowl champ. He's in Vegas. So we're supposed to get together. He's going to call into the show at some point a little bit later on. And Chris Powell, the president and GM of the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Same type of interview. He's a guy that's putting more butts in seats than anyone in the world coming up with NASCAR this weekend. Uh, He's a big-time player in Vegas. We'll talk to him at the top of next hour. So really big show, really big vision today with the guests that we have. And this is what we do here in Vegas. We cover breaking news. We cover the Raiders, we cover the Golden Knights, anything that's big. And this is a big week in Vegas. Huge week with NASCAR here in town and the Golden Knights playing last night and what that meant to this community. To me, it meant everything. But it also meant a lot to Canada. It meant a lot to the East Coast. It meant a lot to hockey teams playing in Russia. When you get that many fans, over 2,000 fans, into the fortress, not only did they see a great game, but they had the opportunity to go through protocol, which I think is the key to March going forward. If we can knock this out of the park in March, April, May, and June, I don't think we'll be stressing out about going to a concert in July and August. I don't think we'll be worried about going to an NFL game at full capacity. If I'm wrong and something pops up and there's another strain, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not here to predict that. But I know with vaccines going in arms and the ability – to get more fans vaccinated, these fans are going to be able to go to games, and they'll follow the rules. You tell a fan to wear a mask. You tell a fan to go into that entrance. You tell a fan not to leave that section. They'll do it. 
But this is the test run, and the Golden Knights were able to do that last night in an incredible game. Absolutely starstruck, incredible game. I mean, I'm on the radio every night doing my other show, and I'm watching that game from my home office. And they're down 4-2, and I look on Twitter, and people are like, oh, it's just not their night. And then the sense of urgency that they had to explode and win that game. Mark Stone had five assists on the five goals. You wonder why he wears the C? He's the captain of that team. He was brilliant last night. So if Vegas didn't have a really good hockey team, if they were average or below average, I'd be talking about them, but not with passion and energy. I love this hockey team. I really do. I think this hockey team was the perfect thing to come into my life as I've been with the Raiders now 22 years, as I sat here in Vegas and the Raiders were coming to see the Golden Knights and what they're going to be able to do. So exciting times. Alex Tuck and Bill Foley this hour. Let all your Golden Knights buddies know. Tweet it out to them to tune in and listen if they can. A lot of J.J. Watt news today as he's in Arizona. Uh, They picked him up. The owner picked him up in the private jet, actually flew the jet himself, and brought J.J. Watt and his wife out to Glendale, Phoenix, Scottsdale, and he's getting comfortable there. A a lot of people just just didn't move the needle because it's Arizona. If J.J. Watt went to the Packers or the Steelers or the Raiders or Buffalo or Cleveland, I think it would have been a much bigger story. Arizona just doesn't move the needle. And J.J. Watt was able to get paid, $23 million guaranteed, which he deserves, and now he gets to go into the next stage of his life. All right, Alex Tuck kind enough to join us, the great forward for the Vegas Golden Knights. Alex, thanks a lot for doing this, and great goal and great win last night. Take me back to being down 4-2 and what you and your teammates said to dig out of that hole and win that game in overtime. Yeah, thanks for having me, JC. Um, honestly, uh, we came in with a couple unlucky bounces. We thought they had a couple breaks off of uh, the puck in the ref, uh, especially on the Felino goal. And, um, you know, we weren't, we didn't think we were playing a bad game, but we definitely wanted to clean up some areas. And uh, I guess in the intermission, I, we weren't too happy with ourselves. And um, we felt that we were the better team. And uh, we wanted to go out and prove it, especially with having fans in the building. And, um, you know what, we, we, we kind of got a little chip on our shoulder and said, hey, you know what, this would be a great comeback win, and uh, let's go out and get the first one and start rolling from there. And so uh, we went out, and I thought we really outplayed in the third period. And so uh, we just tried to put as much pressure on them and their goalie as possible, and we were able to um, get a goal, a big goal from Nick Hague, uh, mm-hmm. making 4-3, and you could see it on the bench and in the crowd. Um, everyone was fired up, and then, you know, we just kept going, and, uh, we almost had several goals through that entire stretch, and um, I was able to get one uh, in late, which felt really good. And um, you, as you can see, all the guys were really fired up, and we were going, and uh, we had no doubt in our mind that we were going to win that game. What's going on with you? I was in Tahoe. I was one of the few media lucky enough to be up there when you had that wraparound goal in Tahoe, and it really just seems like you are aggressive, you're healthy, you're just attacking the front of the crease in the net. What's changed with you this offseason? I would assume most of it is just, just you being 100% healthy, right? Yeah, that's a huge part of it. Um, I, I, this is actually my first season, and I played in a, home, uh, a season opener. So it was really good to start off on the right foot and um, really just jump into it with everybody else instead of having to play catch-up. And I think that's been huge. And also I'm just trying to um, continue my, my consistency and my confidence in the bubble 
I think I took great steps um, steps in my game during that time and um, working well with uh, the coaching staff and they're really helping me out and uh, they're giving me a lot of confidence and I'm trying to, I guess, convert myself into more of a 200-foot player and um, I think I'm seeing a lot more offense because of it. Alex Tuck is our guest. Alex, what about the recent change after Tahoe for Coach DeBoer to uh, change up the lines and what you like about the line you're on now and the rest of the lines and how it just gives you an added pep in your skates and your step to try to prove something to your new line mates? What is that like when you're told that you're going to switch it up like that and how quickly you reacted to it? Yeah, you know, if, if uh, anyone's watched me over the past few years closely, they've known that I, I've played with probably almost every single guy in this team and uh, guys that used to be on the team too. Um, I was going over different line mates with Will Carlson a few weeks ago, and it's kind of funny to see how many different guys I've played with. So um, I really just don't want to change my game. Uh, it doesn't matter who I'm playing with. Um, it was a little bit of a comments boost going up and playing with Stevie and Stoney. Um, they're two unbelievable players, but uh, even in the third period last night, uh, I started playing again with Glass and Colasar, and we've had some chemistry in the past, and um, we had a couple good opportunities in the third period. So I'm just going out there and trying to play my game, play hard. Um, you know what? Kind of be a pest against the other team, um, play and be really hard to play against. And whoever I'm playing with, I know it's good. They're going to be have different styles and stuff, but I still want to go out there and do my job, and that's all that matters to me. Alex Tuck is our guest from the Golden Knights. Mark Stone is ridiculous. I mean, walk me through the game he had last night. Some of those passes, you know, he I'm sitting in front of the TV, Alex, and the puck gets to him in the high slot, and I'm just shoot it. And then next thing you know, it's one of the crispest, cleanest passes through traffic, and it's just setting up Pacioretty or someone else who's right on the doorstep. He is a brilliant offensive player and tough on both ends. He's one of the smartest players I've ever played with, that's for sure. Um, five primary assists is uh, it's a it's a very special night for him. That's a huge feat, and honestly, not many players have been able to do it in their careers. And um, it, it, it's it's just absolutely phenomenal. And you know what he he was outstanding last night, and um, he played so so well. And you know what it was all primary assists too. So you know he's not just getting a lucky bounce; he's really making plays happen. And um, you know, he draws a lot of attention to himself. He's our leading scorer. He's our captain. And he's, I, I think he's one of the best players in the world right now. And um, when a guy like that gets the puck, it's, it's not just one guy coming at, coming at him. It's probably one, two, maybe even three guys. And that means a lot of other uh, players are opened up on our team, and he's able to find them. And um, he's a special player, and he made a lot of special plays last night, and it was really good to see him get rewarded for it. Wrapping up with Alex Tuck. So what was it like with fans in the building there? Because I'm used to 18,000 and really blowing the roof off the top. It had to be a little bit different, but did they sound louder than you thought in the Fortress? Because those are the first fans ever to get into the building after almost a year. I'll never underestimate our fans here in Vegas. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's 10 fans or 18,000 fans. I know that they're going to blow the roof off, and that's what they did last night. And they were as loud as possible, and they were – enthusiastic and excited and honestly they they, they kept us in it and um uh it started from the time during the national anthem when they yelled nights uh, it was it put a smile on my face to see them back in the crowd and uh we were really excited and we were just as excited to get the win for them on a personal note how different is it when you're on the road or you're at home and you guys after a game could go out together everybody can bring their girlfriends or wives you can catch a late dinner you could go out and 
It's been going on, as you know, Alex. You have a business, too, and the businesses you're involved with in town here, I, it seems like you're so focused on inside the bubble, as you said, staying healthy and being in unbelievable shape. But does it feel like Vegas is coming out of a little bit of this slumber and we're going to see more and more fans? We have Mr. Foley coming up here in about a half hour. I'm going to ask him about that. Well, that's an that's a, that's a question you're going to have to ask uh, Bill there. Uh, mm-hmm. I have no idea if there's going to be more fans. I sure hope so because – uh, there's a lot of people that wanted to come and see the game that weren't able to last night, and uh, you know what? It, it's been it's been interesting to play in front of no fans for so long now, and we've kind of gotten used to it. But um, let me tell you, it gives you a whole other energy boost when there's a bunch of fans uh, yelling and screaming for you and giving you momentum and um, making sure you're staying in the game. That's for sure. But you know what? I think our our team responded well last night, and so did the crowd. Hey, last question. You Since you've come to the Golden Knights, there's been so many rivals. Obviously, L.A. is a natural rival. San Jose, there's been some unbelievable games. You play Anaheim a lot, but seeing you play Colorado, those four games and the game I was up in Tahoe, the Wild looked really good to me last night. The Blues are the Blues. They're right behind you. Can you just wrap it up with the West and how tough it is? You're on top of the West, but these teams are coming hard at you. You guys have a bullseye on your back. Yeah, it's a really deep uh, deep division there, I think. I think it's one of the most sound defensive divisions, uh, as you've seen from the scores, and uh, a lot of really tight games, a lot of overtime uh, victories and stuff. So, um, I mean, I saw that uh, San Jose and San Luis, I think, had a 7-6 to six game, but that's, that's very rare. And even our 5-4 game last night, it's very rare in our division. And um, even when you have so, – uh, an offensive team like Colorado. I mean, the games were one nothing, three nothing, three two. I mean, they're they're low scoring games. I mean, they're playoff style games, and that's what everyone's bringing to the table this season. And that's that's really good for uh, for us, honestly. And I know we're in first place right now, but uh, we're not we're not really too worried about that. We're trying to just take it game by game and uh, continue down this path to success. Thanks for making time, Alex. Really excited about the start. You're off, too. The winds have been incredible. The fans really appreciate it in Vegas, especially with fans in the building last night. Thanks for making time for us. Thanks, JT. You got it. Alex Tuck. Wow, what a player he is. 14 points, 8 goals, 6 assists. The guy is an animal. You talked about going 200 feet. The way he's playing now, when that guy, imagine being on defense or a goalie, and you see him racing over the blue line, and he gets the puck, he can shoot it or he can attack the net. He's a fantastic player. He's a big part of this team in this run to the Stanley Cup. If they can keep him healthy, do me a favor, Bobby. Give me the tuck goal. Into the far corner. Patch ready. Feeds the slot. Stone in front. They score! Alex Tuck tips it all. 4-4 tie. 41 seconds to go. Oh, what a goal. 41 seconds to go. 41 seconds to go to tie the game and to get it into overtime. Incredible. Thanks to Sage and the Golden Knights. We have the owner coming up here in a half an hour. And in between that, we just got the text. Joe Theismann will join us next as we get rolling on this show today. This is a big one. Alex Tuck into Joe Theismann into Bill Foley. Alex Tuck was brought to you by the Henderson Hyundai Superstore. Boulder Highway in Henderson. Frank and his Golden Knight fanatics. They have the super deals you're looking for. Head on out to the Henderson Hyundai Superstore. Any vehicle best financing team in town, and a bunch of diehard Golden Knight fans. Joe Theismann, former Super Bowl champ and MVP, he joins us next.
when you talk to coaches that are here, and, and there's not one negative thing about being in Vegas. It's all positive. So, I mean, we could feel it even when we, I was part of the Chargers driving up to the stadium uh, to see where the stadium's located. And there was fans outside in the parking lot, even though they couldn't go in the building. And uh, so, I don't know. It, it, it's just something I think we're all very excited about. Gus Bradley, are you on the bus with Gus? I am. Well, how could you not be? He's here to save the defense and get more out of them. JT back, Raider Nation Radio, the owner of the Vegas Golden Knights, Bill Foley, in about 25 minutes and joining me. Good friend over the years, thrilled he's in Vegas. Joe Theismann, kind enough to join us. Joe, good to have you out west, my friend. How are you? I hope you're doing well. Great, JT. It's great to be out here. It's been a while since I've been out in Vegas, and it's uh, as pretty as can be. Going to go hit some golf balls this afternoon because there isn't a whole lot of it any place I've been. Absolutely. Golf is unbelievable out here. we got a lot going on. The Golden Knights have fans and NASCARs in town this weekend, and you know all the great golf courses here. Hey, Joe, as we start off, I just wanted to get your general opinion on Alex Smith and his future after seeing him come back from that horrific injury, play well for the Redskins or the Washington football team going forward, and what you think is going to happen for the next stage of his career. Well, you know, it is interesting. I know Alex has expressed uh, the fact that he wants to play again. Um, he'll be he'll be stronger as we move forward. He'll continue to get stronger. His arm will get better. Uh, but, he, you know, he's, father time has never lost a game. And uh, that's who, you know, that's what he's up against coming back off this injury. Um, I think the Redskins almost did what they had to do. It was more of an economic move than anything. Mm-hmm. They saved themselves about $15 million. Uh, from the cap, which they can use towards other positions and other players. But, I, you know, I would like to see him catch on with a ball club somewhere. I'd like to see him try and continue this journey. We certainly don't have, you know, you look around the league, there's 32 quarterbacks that start. You've got another 32 that backups, and you're roughly looking at 90 quarterbacks on a team. Alex certainly, I think, can find a viable place to compete for a job, and I think that's what he wants to do. And his journey, you're a motivational speaker, too. A lot of people know that. His journey's been so incredible. But there's always been a roadblock. There was a roadblock in San Francisco where his game was limited. He played on a good team, a Super Bowl team. Then Kansas City, they draft Mahomes behind him. Then the injury in Washington where he feels like he should still be the starter there. And he keeps grinding through all these hurdles in his life and tries to perceive. Well, you know, it just speaks to his character. Um Alex, you know, think of the way Alex trained, JT, he carried rocks underwater. I mean, the, the guy had an incredible training regiment that he spent time on. Uh, it's sort of been a little bit of bad luck in different places. You know, San Francisco got to the Super Bowl because, you know, he was a part of building that process. Same thing in Kansas City. I think if you were to talk to Colin and you were to talk to uh, Patrick, they would both tell you that Alex – uh, was a very unselfish guy who was the starting quarterback but was willing to share and help. He did the same thing in Washington when Dwayne Haskins was drafted. did everything he could to try and encourage and, and help Dwayne and share share information. Um, that's what our business is, is it's learning from those that have been there. It's a process, and it's a lot longer than people think. Uh, and, and so in Alex's case, you know, some of it's bad luck. I mean, you know, he broke his leg, you know, 33 years after I broke mine. Um, and at the same night, almost the same place on the field. 
score of the game was very similar. As a matter of fact, it was mm-hmm. the same except Houston won it and we won the other one. So uh, I just think to a degree, some of it is timing didn't work out for him. Other was, you know, just bad luck. Joe Theismann is our guest. All right, Joe, follow me here on Russell Wilson. Super Bowl champion like you. You played in two Super Bowls, won one. You're an NFL man of the year, Russell Wilson NFL man of the year. Uh, you're the most valuable player in 83. Russell Wilson can't get any votes and can't sustain that and win the MVP. And now Russell Wilson wants all this power within the organization or wants more power. I don't recall you wanting more power. Take me back in the day when it came to personnel. You played on great teams. But the difference between your career and what we're seeing with Russell Wilson and now Russell Wilson flexing in Seattle about the next stage of his life. I think the first thing that you have to understand, JT, is it was a different time in football. It was a different era. Free agency didn't exist when I played. So today, guys have a chance to be able to look at other things. I think Tom Brady has been somewhat of an inspiration in the movements and comments that we're seeing from Russell and maybe Deshaun and and saying, hey, look, I want to go someplace where I have a chance to put another ring on my finger. You know, Seattle, you know, they were led by their defense. Just like Tampa Bay, Tom Brady was the MVP of the Super Bowl. Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback that ever played the game. But if you look at that football game, uh, Tampa Bay's defense did an unbelievable job. They made Patrick run all day long. And, and so if you keep that in mind, you have young guys today who do have a little bit more power. They do have a little bit more freedom. And I don't think Russell Wilson wants to be an associate general manager in Seattle. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I, I spoke to a, a general manager about a month ago, because I, I see these young guys, you know, unhappy with the way the hirings are going for GMs or coaches. You know, really, Deshaun, from what I understand, expressed that, wasn't part of the process. I think the football players have to focus on the football, and management has to focus on trying what they can do to support that position. Uh, and, and I just, you know, I, I thought about the different scenarios that come up for the young guys today. Uh, they just want a chance to win a championship. And Russell's reaching that age where how many more chances are you going to get? Like I said, Seattle was really led by its defense for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, offensively, they're a, they're, they try and run big plays. He's about 65% of that offense, you know, running around, scrambling, making plays, and just done a phenomenal job there. And I don't think he wants to be a general, uh, a, an assistant GM. And, and when, I, when I talked to this general manager, I said, did you ever, after the season, sit down with some of your leaders, the, qual- the leaders on the football team, and, and ask them what they thought about the year, what they thought that the team needed? He said, absolutely, I did. So I, I would think that, to me, in Houston, uh, the, the new regime would do the same thing with Deshaun and say, what do you think we need? Where are we? Because you can go from last to first in a heartbeat in this game. You know that. And you can win three or four football games. Next year you can win 11 or 12 just with the right kind of people. And what's the salary cap like? If you add one or two players, it can make a world of difference. You draft one or two players, it makes a difference. Now you've added four different players to your football team. So from my perspective, I think they they don't necessarily want to make all the decisions. They would just like to be – aware of what of what's happening they, they just, let me know what we're doing what are we doing mm-hmm. to try and win football games to build a winning culture i think the guys want more input that way 
Joe Theismann joins us. So to follow that up, you think because they're CEOs of their franchise on the field, they should have a bigger voice if they want because there are going to be some young quarterbacks that don't have a voice. A lot of guys we talk about, we started with Alex Smith, moving on from franchise to franchise. But if you're going to be long-term with the franchise, you've got to get in that room and let your voice be heard. And, Joe, the only downside I see there is what happens if Seattle's offensive line is looking around saying, what would you say about us? You're running for your life? What about you extending plays when you should be getting rid of the ball? Can he keep that locker room together after this offseason? Sure, absolutely. And it, it, Like I said, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily feel or think that it's a situation where he wants to be, you know, he just wants to be sitting there making decisions. I think he wants to be abreast. This is a guess. He just wants to be abreast of, of, of what's, what's the discussions. Where are we looking to improve our football team? Because truthfully, it, you know, you have to take ownership of it. You know, you're the guy that's out front. You're the guy that people are talking about. You're the one that's that's in the middle of all this. The quarterback position is that way. And I, like I say, I, you know, I just don't see, you know, Russell in a situation where he basically says, you know, let's do this, let's do that. I think he'd like to, some input. He'd like to understand what's going on. And if he has a better understanding, it'll probably help him make a decision on where he goes and what he wants to do. Now, what do you give up for him? And I'll use this as an example. The Minnesota Vikings, what, three years ago, felt that they were a quarterback away from the Super Bowl, and they signed Kirk Cousins. That hasn't gotten them to a Super Bowl. Now, what's the guarantee that if someone trades two or three number ones that you're going to get to where you want to go? And here's the thing. And, of course, the first question that would come up, JT, is, well, what about the Jared Goff-Matthew Stafford trade? The Rams are putting all their eggs in Matthew Stafford's basket to say that he is the difference of them getting to the Super Bowl. They believe that he being added to that position is the difference. You're putting all their chips on the table, I think, in this instance. That's why they made this deal. They haven't cared about number ones forever. They don't have them, I think, until 27, possibly. Uh, so I think that's why that move was made. But if you're going to give up first-round picks, which it'll either Deshaun or Russell will cost you, I think, and should cost you multiple first-round picks, are you weakening the entire team to what you might think is strengthening the position? That's the, that's the evaluation that the GMs and the presidents have to make. Joe Theismann joins us as we wrap us up. A Super Bowl champ, an MVP, a college football Hall of Famer, one of the all-time greats. Joe, I saw last week you tweeted Tiger Woods' well wishes and his recovery. Yes. You're an avid golfer. Let me know what you think, where he is with Sam Snead tied at 82, chasing Jack. I was one of the few guys left that always said I'm going to stay with him catching Jack. I thought he'd catch a British Open on a short track. I thought he'd win a Masters again. I'm a big fan of Tiger Woods. That was a violent accident that did a lot of damage. What do you think is going to happen with his career over the next few years? You know, if anything, if anything we've learned about Tiger is don't count him out, JT. Don't ever mm-hmm. count him out. Um, but Father Time has never lost a battle. And at 45, you know, you've got to assume that And it took me two years to get back to being able to do the things that I wanted to do. It took me three to really get going. It took Alex Smith two years to get back to where he was. I don't know the severity of Tiger's injury from everything I've heard. It was extremely severe to the ankle and, and the right leg, and it was an open fracture similar to what we've seen in, in, in you know, football accidents. 
Um, like I said, the man has come back from so many back surgeries, from knee surgeries. Uh, you never can count him out. But, again, at, at the age he's at, the mountain's going to be a bit higher. But if there's anybody that can do it, anybody, and I hope the process goes well, uh, it's Tiger Woods. And my biggest concern uh, for Tiger was the same thing that I thought about with Alex, and we saw Alex go through it, is it looks like they, you, there isn't a, an infection to deal with. It looks like the healing process is going very, very well, and that's extremely important. And now it's a question of the quality of his life. Certainly, you know, he has nothing to prove. He's such a great inspiration. And all you needed to do was look at the tour this, this weekend and look at how many guys wore red shirts and black pants in honor yeah. of Tiger Woods. To me, that's all you need to know of, what, of how much respect he has. It's been the Tiger Tour forever. We all know how important he is to the game. But he transcends golf. His will, his determination, they all transcend golf. And like I said, uh, I, the road's not going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination. But, man, don't ever count this guy out. Joe, one more follow-up. I've never asked you this as long as I know, I know you. Know you. What was the toughest part when you rehabbed your compound fracture? When was the lowest point on that long journey where you felt like, wow, this is going to be a lot more difficult than I thought. And how has that helped you in your motivational career when you go back to the lows of that moment? Being away from the game, being away from something you love. You have to focus your energies in other places. I never thought I was going to end my career. I thought I was going to be able to come back and play football. I had every intention of doing that. I had broken my leg in 1972 in Canada. I figured I was going to come back from a broken leg. Little did I know the severity of it uh, as you got into the rehab and, and how long the process took. And the older you get, the more difficult it becomes to be able to do the things that you want to do. But mentally, you, you wonder. And, then, and, then, and I think, to me, to be successful in anything, you have to be mentally tough. And, and certainly Tiger is, that is, is a supreme example of that. But you need to be mentally tough and say, okay, I am not going to allow this to hold me back from where I want to go. You have to be determined. You have to say, I'm going to get there. And you have to apply yourself and do the things that are smart. Listen to the doctors. But the biggest battle you face is a mental battle. And uh, like I said, he's done it before. And, and that's what it was for me. Is, and, and then when it was over, you sort of sit back and, and say, I can't believe it's over. You know, I can't believe that the opportunity is not going to be there again to be able to do what I loved so much. Uh, that's why I love golf, because I get a chance to compete. I'm a competition junkie, JT. I, I love to compete. You know that. I mean, yep. you know, I, I, no matter what it is, I love to be able to try and compete at it and do the best I possibly can. And so that was the toughest part, was not doing the one thing that you loved more than anything. And like I said... You know, Tiger's been through an awful lot, um, you know, to get himself back to be able to be out on the course. And uh, we hope and pray that it happens again. So, you know, I'm never going to say never. Look at Alex. Alex had four bacterial uh, infections. He had 17 surgeries. You looked at the, the E60 they did, the Project 11, and you look at what Alex went through, and you say to yourself, no way. Well, don't, don't, don't ever count out the heart and will of an individual. 
Well, I just got back from Tahoe with the NHL, and I saw the golf course. They put the rink on the golf course where you attack that 18th pin. And I think of you on the first day of American Century. You want to talk about competition. I've never seen a guy more focused on the opening round of a golf tournament. If you were on the leaderboard, you wanted to be there the rest of the weekend, Joe. I know all about that. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And, uh, do- I mean, that's, that's why you do it. Yeah. I mean, why, uh, why, would you, why would you do something if you didn't want to be the best at it? You know, well, it's, it's easy to wake up and be average, and I, I just average has never really appealed to me. Well, do me a favor. Don't forward my singing videos from Jamie because that's just between <laughs> us. I want to keep that between us and my karaoke, okay? <laughs> I, I, promise, I promise Jamie that I would never allow it to go public. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. All the best. Enjoy Vegas, my friend. You bet, JT. Great to catch up. Bye-bye. You got it. Joe, Joe Theisman. Joe Theisman, who's represented by my good friend Jamie Fritz, who also represents Tim Brown and Rod Woodson and Marcus Allen and Fred Bolitnikoff. And uh, Jamie and I are good friends, and we hang out a lot. And uh, late at night, when I'm at Jamie's place, the, uh, the, the, uh, the soundtrack of my youth comes on, the playlist. No one has a better playlist than Jamie and his wife is a professional singer. And the later I get into the evening, the more my vocal cords get warmed up. And those who have seen, seen me in the past sing at weddings or do some karaoke at times and do what I like to do, uh, Joe saw one of the videos recently and got back in touch with me. Joe Theismann's fantastic, man. I just love what he's done in his life. And I think it's a great comparison to Russell Wilson. Joe played in two Super Bowls, won one, lost Super Bowl 18 to the Raiders when Marcus Allen made that great run. He was a man of the year and an MVP, which Russell Wilson is not. And think of the money that Russell Wilson has made compared to Joe Theismann. Joe went on to make a ton of money, a ton of money, as a motivational speaker and product endorser. That's why he's so great. And Russell Wilson's just playing in a different era where you could make a half a billion with a B dollars, and you can go down that road. It really is incredible. Thanks to the great Joe Theismann, whenever I talk to him, I feel inspired as we continue. If you have anything about Joe, any good stories, hit me up at JT the Brick on Twitter. And check out what we're doing on Facebook where I post the backyard brick in my backyard. A new one coming up on JJ Watt. That's Facebook, JT the Brick, as the show continues. Yeah, that was the story of the night. Uh, what a difference, you know, just having them in the building. Energy. thought our players did a great job of acknowledging them both prior to the game and then after the game. Peter DeBoer, the owner of the Vegas Golden Knights. JT, back with you. Kind of a Golden Knights first hour here. The owner, Bill Foley, will join us here in a little bit. We talked to Alex Tuck and in between Joe Theismann, who just joined us. Joe is in Vegas on business, and I'm really happy he reached out. Chris Powell will join us at the top of the hour, the president of the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And one of the projects I'm working on this month in the month of March is I'm trying to talk to leaders in this community, owners of sports teams, presidents, people that are involved in trying to get fans and working with the governor to try to get Vegas going again, especially from a sports perspective. That's something that... When I got to the month of March of this year, I thought it was really important to do. 
because we all went on this journey, especially those of us living in Vegas and everywhere else, but in Vegas for from March 12th, 15th, 17th, all the way through. We're coming up on a year of our lives being changed due to COVID-19. And you might have been personally affected if you had the virus. You might have lost a family member or definitely knew someone. But now that the vaccines are here and we have three different vaccines and people are getting their vaccinations, we're hoping that this is a part of something we've never done together. We don't know what's going to happen next. Every year I know exactly what's going to happen. I know when March Madness is. I know when the Masters is. I know when free agency is. Raiders training camp when it was up in Napa. And I just followed a grid all year long. And that's how I do my sports talk show. And my other one, we follow a grid. This month is going to be heavy March Madness. Lon Kruger will join us on Monday. And we'll talk to more and more coaches. But unless we get fans to attend these games, we just don't know what's going to happen next. And joining us is one of the great leaders in this community, in the sports world globally, the owner of the Vegas Golden Knights, Bill Foley. Mr. Foley, thanks so much for joining us. And congratulations last night getting fans back in the fortress. How are you? Yeah, that was that was good to see, JT. And uh, you don't want me to find you for calling me Mr. Foley, do you, like I do my players? <laughs> it will never happen again, Bill. <laughs> Let, let's let's jump in. I wanted to talk to you, and we, we just had Alex Tuck on before you. The team, the team is super special. I mean, the win last night, down 4-2. You see all these forwards attacking the net. You got Flower and Goal, the defensemen moving the puck. What is it like when you look down at this roster that you and your team has assembled and see all this firepower? You know, we're um, this is the best team we've ever had, and I thought last year was the second best team we ever had, and two years ago was the you know third best team, and our Stanley Cup year uh, that was that was that team was was not as good as this team. So by making the investments in some of these uh, some of these players and committing the long term to guys like Mark Stone and Alex Tuck, uh, um, Petro, I mean we have. We have our guys tied up on really long-term contracts, and it's all sort of scaled in. So, you know, we're going to be good for a while. I'd like to see us not – I'd like to see us – if we're up 1-0, I'd like to see us go up 2-0 and 3-0 rather, rather than what we did last <laughs> night. But <laughs> how, about, how about Mark Stone in that game with five assists? I mean, incredible to see the style of play, how tough he is, the captain. And the captaincy, really important, and we could see why after last night. Well, you sure can, can't you? I, what a terrific move to, for him to become the, the 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 first captain of the Golden Knights, and he's such a quality guy. I mean, he, so much integrity uh, and a will to win, uh, like almost unparalleled. But that was that was that was fantastic. Uh, what what he did last night was was unbelievable, including the including the OT goal. It was just unbelievable. I mean. We do have we have we have a really good team. It's exciting. It's fun. Yeah, it is. It's it's incredible to watch. The product has never been better. And as you talked about it, what what's interesting? It's so hard to win the cup. You run into Ovechkin in the cup year, and now it's San Jose, it's L.A., it's your rivals. And then I was up in Tahoe with you, and you you got Colorado there, and then we we just see St. Louis. That division is so tough here out west that. I expect you to win. I expect this to be another cup run, but that division, everybody seems to be gunning for you as the elite team in the division. Well, they are, you know, and, and we do have some really good teams. I mean, Colorado's certainly a team to be uh, 
that we have to be worried about. And you know, we have we have problems with Minnesota. I don't know I don't know what it is yeah. about about that team, but they've they've kind of dominated us over the last last few years. So I was it was great to see that win last night. And now we've now we've got them again tomorrow night, and, and uh, I'm, I'm, I trust we have our sea legs and we're we're ready for them, and we're gonna and we're gonna take them on seriously. And so I'm I'm ex- I'm excited about this, and every every two points counts, doesn't it? Absolutely. Bill Foley is our guest, owner of the Vegas Golden Knights. I wanted to spend most of our time talking about your vision with COVID and what's happened in Vegas and how you go from 2,000-plus fans to five to 10 to getting it sold out again. I know you have to follow protocols. You're in touch with the governor. You execute a plan, but I think you're one of the biggest leaders around the world with your progressive vision on how we can get fans back. What can you tell us about that? Well, you know, the the governor allowed 20%, but the Clark County said 15%. So we're looking forward to Clark County at least getting in line with the state of Nevada. We don't understand why they've said 15%, especially when we have all these protocols in place that really uh, ensure social distancing and, and people wearing masks. They are bringing bags in. They get they, they get tested. Uh, so uh, we have the protocol, and we have the protocols all the way all the way up to when we're back to to full fans. So my first goal is let's get to 20%, and then hopefully in um, in April they'll open it up and we'll get to 30% or 35%. And we have we have actually submitted to the Department of Industry uh, complete plans about how we deal with each incremental increase in fans. And just just having 2,600 fans in the in the arena last night that was terrific. The players love it. You know they love having their fans there. And, and our fans are so, our fans are so dedicated to the to the Golden Knights. I mean, it's just great to see them. I'm, I'm I'm really so proud of uh, so proud of Las Vegas and Clark County and and how how they've responded to our to our team. It's it's really gratifying to me. You know, at this point in my career, Bill Foley joins us. I'm more, I'm still interested also in your plan when you have different entrances and exits and where fans can stay. I I really believe, Bill, this is important because we have NASCAR and we have Chris Powell uh, coming up also to talk about this. When you have a footprint where you can put in 2,500 fans and bring it to capacity of 18,000, NASCAR can bring over 100,000. You know Mark Davis well and Mark Bedane, what they're going to try to do at Allegiant Stadium. Do you feel the pressure on you as the leader of your organization to execute this plan perfectly so you can continue with those proposals to increase attendance? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and we are, and the plans are in place. And the, and Kerry Bubolz and the, and the hockey business side has spent, literally hundreds of hours developing these plans and and thinking about how we how we bring people into the arena and how how they get screened and social distance and how they leave and what order they leave so we're we recognize that we're not through this pandemic uh, you know i believe it's, it's definitely getting better you know I, I watch the cases in clark county and nevada every day and we're really have turned the corner in terms of numbers of cases. It's just come way, way, way down. And the more people we can get vaccinated, let's, we're now down to age 65 and older. Let's get down to 55 and older, and then 45 and older. And once we, once we have this herd immunity, which we're on the way to, um, and we're going to have, uh, we'll have, we'll have, uh, sell, we'll have sellouts again. And I'm hopeful that we'll have it by the time we hit the playoffs or close to the time we hit the playoffs. That would this is, be just great. It'd be great for the city. If we're this is so good to hear. I agree with you. Yeah, you know, back in the playoffs, we're at home. 
Um, I don't know. We we're odds on favors to win every home game. <laughs> Simple as that. <laughs> this is great, Bill Foley. As we wrap it up, have, have you noticed in your other businesses, the wineries, other people that you talk to, executives in other fields, that they're reaching out to you for your vision, and you're reaching out to others to understand what you've learned as a businessman over the last year with COVID and how you can help out other sports. That's why I wanted to have you on. I think people who are listening are going to look to you and the Golden Knights as they try to continue opening up their community and their sports team and getting more fans in the seats. Yeah, so we're very – we share our plans. We share the protocols that we've developed. Um, frankly, the NHL's protocols are are really stringent, but uh, we're hoping that we're hoping that we can get those relieved a bit. But our, our plans are all in accordance with NHL protocols, the state, state of Nevada protocols, the protocols given to us by the health departments in, uh, in Clark County. And, and, and our other businesses, you know, that we really are – Operating from home, it's a uh, we've re- all, we're all all working sort of remotely now, which is fine. But you know, it's the comradeship and being around other people that are in your line of business that you're dealing with every day, and you know, having the jokes and and just enjoying yourself. We're missing that, so I'm really want to get back to where we uh, back to where we're operating without these without these restrictions. When you think of City National and the Silver Knights and all the people you touched in the community, if you could leave us with the kids, the kids in the community who haven't been able to go to school and they're just going back to middle school, elementary school. And I I love it when I get a cup of coffee and I, I could walk over to City National and I go there to see a practice or just to walk around in the store. It's incredible to see the youngsters and their parents going from the parking lot, these little kids with their skates on, and, and going in there to practice and become young hockey players. That must make you and your team feel so proud. Oh, it makes us really, really proud. It was one of our goals when we got the franchise, you know, four years ago, was to really bring hockey to to the youth in Las Vegas and in Clark County. And I feel I'm very proud of the of the way we've done that. And right now, this we just have been doing signups for the for the spring leagues and spring little nights, and we're way ahead of where we were pre-COVID a year ago in terms of. Uh, in terms of sign up. So we're getting there. Now with the two new sheets of ice out in Henderson, you know, we've got uh, four sheets of quality ice, plus you have the, the uh, ice center with two more sheets. So we're, Vegas is becoming a hockey town. It's, I think, I, it's fantastic. It's everything I could have dreamed of, frankly. Well, Bill, I look forward to having you on in the coming months because I really believe this is an important moment for your legacy as Vegas opens up again. We're an international city, the airport. We need tourists to come in here and keep all these businesses going and get them going again. And I think the Golden Knights, especially the Raiders, UNLV, everybody in this town from NASCAR really appreciates your vision and what happened there last night. And I look forward to uh, more updates with you down the road and more good news, okay? Yeah, be my be my my pleasure, JT. Thanks. Thank you. You got it. There he is. Thank you, sir. Mr. Bill Foley. Bill Foley, owner of the Vegas Golden Knights. I really believe this. I know Mark Davis well, and I know what Mark Davis wants to do and his vision to come to Vegas with the Legion Stadium, and it is a solid home run grand slam. But I think with what the Golden Knights where we are in the calendar and what Bill Foley wants to do, he's aggressive and he wants to align the governor and Clark County, he wants to get this right, and he's going to be someone who is going to politely push forward to do this safely. And as I've always said, if you can't do this safely, you don't do it. But we can do this safely, 
And I think the Golden Knights and Bill Foley will be a leader with that. All right. That was brought to you by our good friends at Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. We're working with Sparrow and Wolf, the great restaurant, with these bar kits. And I couldn't do it without Remy Martin and their entire team. When I'm watching Golden Knights hockey, I have a Remy Martin to set in my hand. VGK, go Knights, go.